There's a train a coming. You don't need no baggage. You just get on board. All you need is faith to be so humming. You don't need no ticket. You just thank the Lord. Welcome again to New South Christians. I'm the moderator host, David Fuquay. And have we got a wild one today. I have no doubt about this woman. I've got her in class. She's smart, quick-witted. She's also from Canada originally via, I think, Colorado and uh, Christian school. I think yep. you're going to find something interesting in just about every point of view. And to be very honest with you, I haven't shared much of my own personal views on religion. I swear, I don't think the devil wanted us to get together because it has been it's nothing been but a hassle. But we're here, we're down, the train's coming, and we're ready to rock. Yep. So, Sarah, go ahead and introduce yourself, and then let's get started. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. I feel like we've tried to make this work a number of times, and sure. I'm glad that we are finally getting to do so. I'm Sarah, and I'm from Canada, and that's really all there is to me. That's it. <laughs> oh, I don't believe that at all. All right, well, we're going to go ahead and get started. So this will be a wide-ranging topic, and who knows which way the river is going to flow, but we're just going to go with it. And the first one, obviously, you strike me as a very strong-willed woman. I don't think there's any doubt about that. You seem very, I uh, like in class, opinionated. I know you're smart academically, et cetera, but uh, since this is called New South Christians, obviously you are not from the traditional old-school Bible Belt no. via Canada. <laughs> no. So just explain how you got here. Like, yeah. well, why are you in Nashville? Great question. Yeah. I ask myself that every day. <laughs> no, but I grew up in the church. We grew, I actually grew up Baptist, All and right. then we switched to non-denominational, and then I left the church because I was really, really frustrated with okay. uh, my experience with God and all those things. So I left the church and I was not a Christian and then I wanted a way to just leave Canada. So I went to Bible school and I was mm -hmm. not saved when I went to Bible school, but it was in a different country and my parents were going to pay for it. So I was just like, <laughs> I'm going to go chain smoke my way through Bible school. But then I ended up getting there and I got saved wow. at Bible school. And then I was in, uh, it's called Karis Bible School in Colorado for three years. I ended up, I was only going to go there for a year and then I said, ended up staying for three years and wow. then I had a friend that I lived with in Colorado who had parents who have a church here in Nashville and she okay. was like you should come intern at our church you can live with us and uh, I was like okay I'll go to school at the same time I wanted to study music so here I am. Okay yeah. so is the goal to pursue like ministry through music or is the goal I don't know. Yeah it's, I don't know. I don't, originally yes I wanted to have a degree in music and business because I wanted to um, have like a practical degree on the side uh -huh. of also pursuing music but now I don't know. Okay. So I, I want to do ministry. That's really my heart. I don't know. It feels pointless for me to be like the more I spend time in school, the more I'm like, all I want to do is ministry. Really? And it feels like it's I know it's not a waste of time because having a degree is, you know, it's, it's practical, but I just don't feel like it is. I'm doing what I want to be doing. Wow. Well, it's weird. We, you know, we're just talking about Smith Wigglesworth. Yeah. It's considered one of the greatest pe preachers the last hundred years. So I was talking to Sarah about, you know, well, what are you going to do now? She says, I think I'm going to go back to Canada and study what plumbing or something. Mechanics. Mechanics or whatever. <laughs> and I said, well, Smith Wigglesworth's ministry started in his 50s and he was a plumber. Yeah, see? A spirit-filled, holy rolling, <laughs> gospel 
Cretan plumber. Yeah, your Which, occupation, yeah. you know, doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Exactly. So. All right, well, let, let's go. I've okay, got a okay, list okay. of a bunch of stuff. I can't wait to hear what you think. <laughs> uh, first one, as a strong-willed woman, uh, there's been a lot of controversy that's been going on in the last year or so. Uh, the Baptist Southern Convention, which you seem like with that background, you might have more knowledge of it than I do. Uh, they basically kicked out a lot of churches that put women in positions of leadership. They say yep. that's not what the Bible says, et cetera. And so as a strong-willed woman, how do you respond to that? Yeah, I think that it's a misinterpretation of the Bible. Oh. I think it is people that rather than like digging into the Bible verses and being like, what does Jesus mean by that? They just take it at face value. Right. And they basically mean, oh, great. We can just take all the responsibility. Men have all the power. Women don't mean anything. And we can just push them to the side rather than being like, okay, this Bible verse says this, like there are Bible verses that are confusing and say things about women that can easily be taken as women are less than. Right. But they just require, like what's the context? What is the different like translations of this? And mm -hmm. it actually shows that there is, yeah, women are not supposed to be less than, than men in any mm -hmm. sort. And so I think that people just like to misinterpret. Yeah, but some of the statistics I saw were pretty sad. They were talking about, you know, Women were always the rock in the church, at least when I was growing up. Yeah. The dads were not very dependable. <laughs> Let's just be honest. <laughs> Still not. And as a male, I probably didn't represent too well either. <laughs> but you know, that woman, uh, the moms, the pray they call them prayer warriors yep. at the churches I went to. But it talks about uh, how many women are leaving the church. It's like a, you know, an exodus and they're fleeing. Yeah. Uh, do you think it's because of this or is there something else going on? And is your generation gonna, turn back around and come back to the church or I also, is it a permanent exit? I think that with the way that we're going with a lot of like, I guess it's also different in the Bible Belt, like the way that a lot of churches I've seen here, the way they're going, if like women, of course, are going to continue to leave because right. they're being treated like crap yeah. and they're being undervalued and they're not giving positions of power or leadership or people are still like, I still hear people that are in these like supposed to be more non-denominational, like, you know, newer churches that are like oh yeah women can't be preachers mm -hmm. you know and it's like I just don't know I, I would leave if I was in that position I had been burned by by churches before because of my gender mm -hmm. I would continue to like leave that and I think that unless we as churches like put more effort into valuing women and valuing their position and then also pointing out where it says in the Bible how valuable women are to church, sure. people will continue to leave. Well, you know, it's really sad too because I've had, what, seven or eight people on the show now? Yeah. And when I ask them this next question, you're feeding right into it. They say, you know, I don't trust the church. Mm. I don't trust the pastor. I mean, by a large number. Yeah. And I'm like, that's very disturbing to me and it's yeah. very sad. So, I mean, I, that has to feed into that somewhere as far as oh, that goes. totally. And I think of the problems, because Generation Z, I don't know what you feel. Some of the quotes I read that Generation Z is killing religion, Generation Z is killing God. I mean, you know, and then you throw in the, the exodus of people from the church yeah. and then the rise of what's called the nuns. People would say, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. And yeah. they don't go to church. And everybody I've had on has had seems like problems. Hmm. And so I don't, where are we headed? Yeah, I mean, if we don't like find a way to reach those people that right. are tired of religion, that are tired of like mm -hmm. just tradition and obligation, they will leave. Right. 
but I think there's a way to reach them. And I think that people that are like, because I was in that church hurt kind of position for a while. What do like, you call it? Church? Church hurt. No, I, I never <laughs> expand on that. Is, is that like, you know, oh, it's like when or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> it's a version of crunchy, yeah. Crunchy, sorry, not crusty, sorry. Because it's close. It's like, have you heard of the term people labeling like religious trauma? Oh, okay. And so like a lot of people are leaving. I have friends that I came back from Colorado with that left the church because they were saying they have so much church and so much religious trauma. Okay. And it's basically associating Jesus with hurt that they've experienced in a church right. setting and then like leaving because of that. And I have a bit of an issue with that because I, I, I mean, I almost like I felt like that. Like I was like oh, really offended by church and by religion. But I think that like, to associate Jesus with that is wrong, and I think that we as a body are now have to find a way to reach especially Gen Z that mm -hmm. are leaving for that reason, right. because they're able to see through the lies and like all of this, they're like, I don't want something that's fake. So how do we, I guess that's the question, is how do we you know, offer something that's real to them? Wow. That in, in even with all this church hurt and religious trauma. Well, the other thing that pops out to me is that, that there's a lot of good things about Gen Z. The, the, the most educated, more in college than any other generation, uh, you know, they have more access to tools, you know, to socially connect. Yeah. Uh, they're very strong on like what they call social issues, social justice issues. I mean, to me, those were all positives. That yeah. can't be a negative. Yeah. But at the same time, if they feel like that they're not being respected, if they feel like they're not given their own, I know as a long time yeah. teacher, you can't, we were talking about this before we get started, you can't approach them the same way as you the cannot. others. You cannot. And if this no. podcast has taught me anything, I need to change my game. <laughs> it's <laughs> true. I, I thought I was rocking. <laughs> I found out I got a flat tire, literally, <laughs> that I need to deal with in my class starting in January. And that's <clears> the <throat> one thing I wanted to ask you. We talked about this a little bit before we started. I love the old school Socratic. I love to have a class that's engaging. I love to have young people that will question things yep. together. But I am telling you, besides you or one or two other in our class, which is the same in all my classes, you don't get any really meaningful conversation out of anybody. And then this yeah. is what really ticks me off. Since I've been doing this podcast, I've heard more, learned more, that the people sitting in front of me have so much to offer, then why in the heck are they not talking? Yeah. Because Lord knows, I don't care. Just give me something to work with. Yep. So what's the deal? I feel like, okay, maybe this is a hot take, and maybe I'm okay. just like mean to people in my generation. Maybe <laughs> okay. I just like don't have enough pity All for right. them. I think that a lot of people in Gen Z, Gen Z or just my age, whenever like late teens to early 20s, are coasting through life and don't know what they're actually passionate for or what they're actually living for. Right. And I think a lot of people too in college are just kind of like, I'm here because my parents want me to be here, or I'm here oh, because yeah. I have to be here. Yeah. And I don't, I, I'm not saying it has to be, but I, like for me, my relationship with Jesus is what I'm most passionate. It like gives me a reason to wake up in the morning, Absolutely. to live for. And I think without that, people don't have something to live for. And I think that plays into and translates into a lot of areas of life. That like, why would I speak up? Does what I say really matter? Or like, what am I really passionate about? <laughs> you know, like, and I feel like people are kind of just like, I'm just gonna sit in this class and just gotta, I gotta get through it because I don't wanna be heard. And I think people are just, really okay with just being, I don't know, just let's just coast through life rather yeah. than. But then they walk in here, we sit in front of a microphone or like we're doing right now, yeah. and it's so intense. <laughs> and when I go back and listen to it, I'm like, oh my God, I really yeah. learned something. They have so much to offer, 
But then I thought, well, what good is it if I'm sitting in class and I'm getting robbed of it? So I know what's going on now. Yep. So how do I walk into a classroom in January and go, look, people, this isn't <laughs> going to be a traditional college class. This is going to be called podcast economics. <laughs> And we're going to treat it like a podcast. And by God, get off your stinking phones and let's giddy up. Yeah. And let's rock and roll. And I think that, like, the more that you encourage that, the more people will. I hope they engage. I sure do. Too, I hope they I'm do. I'm at the end of my career. This, yeah. is, this is not going out with straw. All right. Well, we got to move on because I, I got a lot to talk about. All right. I told you about an article I came across <laughs> last week, so I'm just going to hit these at you real quick. Sure. And just tell me whether you agree or disagree. If you want to say why, that's fine. This article was kind of alluding to Thomas Jefferson. He said the tree of liberty or every generation basically has a revolution to fight. Yep. He called it every 20 years, maybe it's every 50, I don't know. So obviously this show is dedicated to Gen Z, uh, even the music. There's a train a coming, you better get on board. And so in this article it said the five characteristics that Gen Z has a problem with the church mm -hmm. and would like to see changed, okay? The first one is less performance, more presence. In other words, uh, open spiritually, but they're skeptical, skeptical about organized religion. They want to experience God, not more information about God. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, totally. That's yeah. what I mentioned briefly, and I know the last time we talked, but just like that's why I left the church is mm -hmm. because I had seen so much like God is so good. Jesus loves you. And like, you know, he would die on the cross if it was just you. And all of these like quips of like how good God is but I had never actually experienced it. Yeah. And so it's like, you can throw all this information at my head. Like you can park a car in a garage or you can park someone in, yourself in a garage and it doesn't make you a car. And so that's how I felt at church. <laughs> of like, I just was I like sitting that. there. <laughs> I was just sitting there absorbed, like, you know, this information was getting thrown at me, but because there was no experience or like actual revelation attached to it, it was just like information. Wow. And it was empty and meaningless to me. I, I think that's good. Okay, here's the other one. Less production, more participation, like lights, Video, smoke machine, uh, services that are timed exactly. Okay, Ugh. we're gonna we're gonna hit this many praise and worship songs. Then we're gonna yeah. go to the tithe. Then we're gonna go to that thirty to forty minute program <laughs> message. Then we're gonna have an altar call. Six people come up out of a thousand at a church I went to, <laughs> and I'm like, uh, okay, I appreciate the production, but where yep. was the participation? What do you think? Yeah, it's really just like, get. Her, I don't know. It really feels very pointless when people act. okay I get the smoke and I get the having like nice production and you want to do things with excellence I'm all about doing things with excellence okay so you should have a general order but I also think that people are not willing to be led by the Holy Spirit mm. and that's the problem is they're just leading and they're like this is what we want to do and we're gonna we're gonna do it with excellence and people are gonna just you know come in and come out but if you're not willing to be led by the holy spirit then people are basically coming to just serve you and worship you like where is god in that like oh, it's just a man-made surface and like if jesus isn't being glorified in it and if you're not like submitting it unto him like one of my pastors at my bible school said if he god is not lord over all he's not lord at all wow. and so if he's not lord over every part of your service then mm -hmm. he's not lord of your service but you know what frustrates me to no end just what you described i'll be in the audience i love praise and worship music you know brandon like all the programs stuff kind of yeah. like the rock and roll of Christ I guess <laughs> and then every now and then oh, I'll get this uh, the church takes the word Baptist off they'll call themselves non-denominational mm -hmm. they talk about the spirit or whatever then there'll be a great sermon they'll get right up to the edge and you think the spirit's gonna flow yeah it's gonna go it's gonna erupt and it's yep. they put the brakes on kill it and go <laughs> okay we're not going anywhere from here and I'm like 
Yeah. What was all that about? So stupid. I want to have a true experience with the Lord. Yep. I don't want to be dropped right <laughs> at the moment. Yeah. All right, here's another one. I, I love this. Less noise, more space. Mm. In other words, he, one of the arguments in this article is that when you're in the sanctuary, there's really no time to pray and interact as a congregation. Mm. It's more like you're at a rock concert. The stage is the yeah. focus. Uh, the person that's leading it is the focus not God and not the people in the audience, kind of like what you were just now referring to. Yeah, yeah, there should be that like space to be, I think churches are also scared of being silent. Like they don't like to have like empty space. Right. Like if you, like whenever I, like I went to a church last Tuesday, I won't, I won't, you know, expose yeah, them. Don't use that. I won't expose any church, but okay. I went and they had this service and their worship was, it was the same thing. It was like, you could tell the spirit was moving. It yeah. was awesome. God was clearly wanting to do something. And then it was like, their song was ending. And I was like, oh, there's so much space here. Like, just take time. Let's just sit. Let's just yeah. worship. Let's exactly. move for the congregation to interact. And they right. just move to the next song. Right. And it was like, as soon as they get there, they don't want that awkward, like, empty right. space. They don't want people to feel like they don't know what they're going to do. And so rather than encouraging interactment or, or interaction with, like, the congregation, they just keep going. Yeah. And it you cuts off so much. You just describe college and school in general. <laughs> yes. The idea is that... If I don't keep them engaged or keep them going with that gap, bad things are going to happen exactly. or there's going to be disruptive things. Mm -hmm. Which kind of, I'm going to side connect this. Uh, you know the Asbury Revival last year oh, yeah. in the spring? Well, I went to it. It's awesome. I'm going to tell you, that that we were just talking about is exactly what I experienced. Mm -hmm. This older sanctuary had been there forever, and I think it seated like about 2,000. And so as people left, you could come in. There were literally tens of thousands that were outside. Wow. And I remember going in, and I've been in worship where I've seen the spirit flow. It was exactly this. It was not being led by a pastor. It was not being held hostage by a college. It was truly student-led, student-initiated, and the spirit of the crowd was the focus. The praise and worship to the Lord was the focus. And you could see the Lord moving all over the place, and it went for weeks and weeks, 24 hours a it's day. Incredible. That is what I want to experience. Yeah. If I can every Sunday, yeah. <laughs> and maybe a Wednesday night too, I'm all on board. Yeah. But how do you recreate that? I mean, I know the spirit so has to lead it, but you have to be open to it too. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I went to a conference in the Netherlands last summer. It was incredible. And I don't know if you know who, oh, like Father Yoon and all these like huge, like, like giants in the faith were there and it was very cool because it was very very spirit-led mm -hmm. but the problem was is it lacked it like because I feel like it can you can go over the top it lacked structure mm -hmm. and it was like it was all over the place like the problem was they were letting the spirit move and they're letting like God do whatever he wanted to but then we were running out of time for pastors to speak and then people didn't know where to go and what yeah. to do and so I think that it takes someone in order to have a, a, like, a like an actual Asbury revival like in every Sunday service mm -hmm. you have to have someone who's anointed both to lead in spirit and in truth with that balance right. of like the word but right. also the like the spirit and that's really hard you have to have also like a team around you of people I think the problem is with some churches they only have like one head pastor right. and no support and that's coming yeah, there, yeah. that's one of the criticisms like it's almost like I don't want to be sacrilegious but it's like that person on the stage is the savior the focus yes yeah, they're and God. it's like, ugh. and particularly the mega churches, it's become very much a popularity thing. How many viewers do you have? How have much tithe do people? How much money tithe, do people? Yeah, yeah exactly. It's it's yeah. pretty wild. Okay, a couple more, and then we'll move on. All right, less personality, 
more humility. I think that's mm. what we were just referring to. Yep. We're looking for a savior and they're not the pastor. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So a lot of church pastors have fallen because of that. A lot of the mega churches, they don't, they're not able to sustain. Like somebody builds it up, they try to put their son or somebody else mm -hmm. in charge, then they tank. And it just seems like there's a lot of them that are not doing well. Exactly. So how do you attack that? Yeah, I because there's that verse in the Bible where it talks about like the fivefold ministries of like being an apostle oh, yeah. and evangelist. Mm -hmm. I think that sometimes people just take it like, oh, I'm a pastor, therefore like I meant to do everything in the church. Oh yes. And I think that it like you need an apostle and an evangelist and a pastor and a teacher. And I think that like to actually have a successful church or like successful where it's like you're actually reaching people not just getting numbers and getting money. Sure. You need to have like a team around you of people and you shouldn't be like, I don't know if I even believe in this whole like one pastor and we see him every single Sunday. Right. Like I think that there should be a multitude of people that are coming to speak and bringing different perspectives. Like everyone oh, that has different relationship with God that can bring a different spirit, a different heart. And I think that can really help take away from that whole like one person that we idolize that like runs mm -hmm. everything. It's like, oh wow, he has a team of, you know, 10, 15 people around him right. and he's humble enough to let them speak and he doesn't need to speak every Sunday and yet we still know that he's in charge. A lot of times the best pastors I've experienced in my life are the true humble ones. Mm -hmm. They truly, have, they seem to have a heart for God, but they also have a heart for people. Yeah. I, I was going to a church where they talk about God takes you to people, not places, mm. and that heart That's part. That's really good. Okay, a couple more here. Uh... People get ready, there's a train a coming. You don't need no baggage. 